Hello my lovelies and welcome to another edition of Penny Thoughts. know me I'm Penny Pepper I'm an author a spoken word poet a page poet and I am a reader and a performer and I also have my activism in all those places so I'm sure you know who I am now for Penny Thoughts this time we're going to focus on International Women's Day which is actually on Sunday, but hopefully you can enjoy this now and for the next few days. I'm going to celebrate some women I know, some women I've worked with and generally celebrate us because we need to celebrate us. We do not have equality and I can tell you now that disabled women do not have equality times 100 and I don't want to sound cross But I will say that if you run a women's event celebrating women and you don't have access for all disabled women, not just wheelchair users, but those with invisible impairments, sensory impairments, learning difficulties, neurodiverse, deaf and women who are hard of hearing, then you are not inclusive. I'm sorry. And you can add the layers of intersectionality throughout that. So I'm going to ask you to please, please look at being inclusive. Because as I'm saying all the time, passion from the pepper, all stories matter. So disabled women not only deserve, but have a right to the space to share our stories as well. celebrate one of my friends and she was called Linda. I was on a hospital ward with Linda around the age of 13 up to 15. She was a little older than me and she had that wonderful glamour that an older girl does. She dressed much better than me, she understood boys, they were completely alien to my existence uh, apart from my brothers but they didn't count. But Linda taught me things, a lot of things. And this poem is dedicated to her and in a cherished memory of that time because Linda passed too young when she was only 19. But she packed it in. Her life was rammed. So for Linda, the Lindas that we all have, Linda, I learned the truth behind the screen on the ward age 14 from Linda who was 17. She was the greatest girl I'd seen in bomber jacket white and green. On her thin legs, the skinny jeans, Linda in her velveteens. On Linda, who was seventeen, wrist splint sparkled with a gleam, sovereign of her fashion scene. Fornication 
on the TV screen. I asked her, what did it mean? Linda, who was 17, she laughed until the credits streamed. She taught me stuff they called obscene. She had a boyfriend, he was keen. Linda's sexy teenage dream. Oh, Linda, who was 17, she sucked bananas like a queen. Dirty, dangerous and unclean. She gave me hope, belief, esteem, subverted all their old regimes. Linda, who was 17, when adolescence made me scream on that cusp and in between. And just to say that the poem Linda is from my poetry collection called Come Home Alive, which came out in 2018. Uh, I'm very proud of it. It's got a beautiful cover. I'm going to describe it for you now. It's yellow. It has typeface that's a little bit Sex Pistols. <laughs> and I am, uh, well, my head has been transposed, I suppose you'd say, onto the body of Venus. And I'm sitting in a wonderful steampunk wheelchair that's splashed and sploshed with pink. So there you go, a marvellous cover and it was published by the very wonderful Burning Eye Books who gave me that opportunity at my advanced years. I'm very, very appreciative of that. I'm going to introduce you to my very special guest, Joe Cox. Now we did this interview in February on the way to Yo Sushi um, at St Pancras International, which is one of our favourite places for meeting up. Now, Joe is the most talented musician and visionary in how she approaches her work. She's going to talk about it, but first I just want to say thank you to Joe, my darling friend, my colleague for many years. She added colour and texture to my words and we were an absolute powerhouse when we did my one woman show and we occasionally do that now we we come out and we'll, we'll do a little bit here and there and I hope we will work together again one day and perhaps we'll do a CD but meanwhile please enjoy the interview with Jo talking about her new project and her work on the electric cello I'm going to say, here is Joe Cox. We're now in Yo Sushi, and the uh, lovely young woman reserved us the uh, wheelchair space because, you know, we can't travel in packs. And uh, I'm the only wheelchair user today. So we got in the space. But, yes, um, yeah. but I'm very pleased to report that Yo Sushi were very good about it and yep. gave us access and equality. Yes, oh, yeah, their action. Yeah. So, you could. I wish the um, conveyor belt made a little noise because it is 
funny. It's wonderful. It, it, it's not the most accessible place, and I don't think it would help people with visual impairment greatly. You'd have to do really fast audio description um, or prep. Because it's like, <laughs> some of you are old enough to remember, like, the Generation game. It's like, oh, pink plate with salmon, orange plate with, with, with tuna. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to Jo properly about her work. I work with Jo. We've worked in collaboration for a very long time. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, she gave and gives colour and texture and provocation of the best kind to my words. Yeah. But let me say to you, Joe, first, introduce yourself and how you like to be termed. I'm Joe, and I play a purple, sparkly, electric cello. And I do soundscapes and looping, and I love making my work accessible. Um, which means that um, soon I will have my own vibro-tactile technology and that will mean that when I play the bass notes um, people can hold the cushions and they'll be able to feel the vibrations and um, that's uh, not only is it good for deaf people and hard of hearing as an access thing, but when we tested it at Stratford Circus, apps, everybody just really loved the music and vibration. It just adds a whole exciting new dynamic to my performance. And I personally, I love putting my cello on loop and feeling the vibrations. It, it's just an amazing experience. What did you do with the scarves before, Joe? Because I remember you developing that. Was yeah. that part of a, an access experiment? It was part of an experiment in that um, I also teach early years music and I learnt um, to use the scarves uh, with Music House for Children. I learnt all, all sorts of sensory ways to engage children with music. And when I was at home preparing for my lesson, um, I actually thought, I really love this. <laughs> I love dancing around the room with a scarf and to music. And so I thought I would um, put it in my show and give it a go. And um, some people really liked the opportunity to express themselves. Mm. Um, other people, it made them feel awkward, um, but there's never any pressure. But I would say um, it definitely does work as uh, the aesthetics of, of access. It's just another way to engage with music where you don't have to keep still and you've got colour. Um, I noticed that you don't have to be just into music if you can get into music through colour and you've got the scarves there, you can choose um, what sort of silky thing you want to fly in the air. And that, that can really open up the world of music to someone that perhaps engages through colour that might have not engaged with, with music very much before. So you... Um, I, well, I believe your, your practice in this area is quite extraordinary. Oh, and I just can't wait to see it grow into new projects and um, ex, you know just give us this 
expansive idea around access and the sharing of experience that we feel is common to all although that's often non-disabled people that feel that <laughs> when they're not making it accessible at all yeah but we'll stay positive right now <laughs> and you did stuff with lights didn't you was that part of the technology yes i worked with uh, charles matthews and we're working together also on the next stage of development and he'll be taking up the scarves for me incidentally so they make oh. sound and lights as you wave them and that's gonna maybe feed into the main desk. But to get back to the lights, Charles has coded what's called the Dragon Light Box, as it's an accessory for my Dragon Cello. <laughs> and uh, the cello notes uh, go into the box and get transferred into different colors, which then come out into the lanterns hanging above the stage. So it's another light a way to get into music through light but also um, it doesn't have to be just the cello that triggers the lights we can transfer uh, because Charles is a genius I'm very lucky to, to work with him um, the lanterns can also be triggered from the uh, iPads that the audience are, are using so they can light up the colours themselves and so it's truly interactive yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a long way to go in the development, in the um, how do you explain to the audience what they're actually doing mm. without compromising the creative content of, of the show. Because yeah. uh, in the R&D, um, some of the audience, they were, they were making the lights go on, on but they actually didn't realise they, they, they were, were doing, doing it. it. They yeah. thought they were just playing music on an iPad. Okay. Um, so we're going to have maybe uh, introduce it before the show um, and put uh, I'll be working with um, wonderful Kate Lovell um, the dramaturge yeah and, yeah couldn't work with anyone better for that uh, yeah and um, she'll be be helping um, keeping it creative but uh, helping people understand what they're doing with the tech as well yeah. I can't wait to see it Joe Thank oh. you so much for sharing that and I really can't wait to see it. And can we just bring in Sophie? Yes. So what is the current piece called? Is it a continuation of the Defiant Journey? Yeah, the current piece is, is Defiant Journey. Um, Sophie has a big part in it, but um, I can't spoil the story. No, that's, that is fair enough because I can't wait to see it and um, I will just tell listeners about the very marvellous Sophie Partridge who was a very good friend of mine and Joe's who passed not so long ago, so over a year now. Yeah. Was it 2017? It's nearly two. No, is it nearly three years? Oh, yeah, it's awful. Oh, it's yeah. awful to think about. But she she left us too soon, and yeah. I've done some poetry dedicated to Sophie, and we all miss her terribly and are determined to keep that connection to her and her memory. And I just can't wait to see Joe's piece in part because we share that sense of loss 
and sadness that Sophie's no longer with us. But I'll say thank you to Joe now. We've had a good chat, Joe. So thank you very much. And I'm sure we will speak to you again. Thank you, Penny. You've been an amazing, uh, powerful influence on, on my work. And I'm sure I'm sure that working with you was a big part of my work going in this direction. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Joe. It's only right that I talk to you about women I love. As we approach International Women's Day. Of course I love Frida Kahlo, the queen of cripples like me. Not because I agree with everything Frida said. I think she was an amazing woman who lived her life with passion. And sometimes she was dark. Sometimes she was bright. Often she was contrary, and that's my kind of woman to have as an absolute shero. Of course she had lots of immense issues with pain, with addiction to painkillers. I don't know, I just think that uh, I have to say Frida, and she influences my look. As many of you know, I like to have flowers in my hair, even at my advanced years, and I've every intention of continuing with that tradition. I have a lasting affection for Anais Nin, which I know many women do. When I first read her erotica, it revolutionised my thinking about how I wrote and how I wrote about love and sex. I did feel a little disappointed when more about Anais came out that she was effectively bankrolled by her rich husband. But in some ways, why not? This is the position that women have found themselves in and I feel you have to make the most of it. I absolutely adored My Name is Leon, which was by Kit Dewar, who is championing working class writers, which is long overdue. I also loved The Essex Serpent by Sarah Perry. I love that layering of things where you're not quite sure what's happening. The book I'm going to start very shortly on Audible is Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other. As I've got older, I find that Audible is becoming the most accessible for me. I can't hold books very well. I do still buy them. But I'm very much looking forward to starting Bernadine's book. I did actually mention something on Twitter or Facebook to her and she responded. That made my day. There are many women in my life who I adore and who I would be lost without. And you know that one of them is Liz Carr. I thought I'd read a little bit from my memoir, First in the World Somewhere, about when I met Liz, it's a tiny little bit, but I believe it's worth reading. I'll set the scene. I'm at a, a workshop and uh, we're going to learn about the models of disability. And the workshop was run by another one of my sheroes, Anne McFarlane. So she was leading this workshop. 
Anne tells us about the models of disability. What do we think is the overwhelming model, the way people see us? Anne says in a clear, encouraging voice. I'm still too shy to speak, but I know a little bit of this stuff. From Tamsin, my friend in Southampton. And I know we both had the gut instinct that this is right, even before we understood language and models. A young guy mumbles an answer. Medical? Correct, says Anne. That means we're condemned to be seen in a very narrow way by our medical labels. To the medical profession, we may be nothing but our impairments, our medical conditions. That's very limiting. There's a murmur of agreement before Anne continues. The reality is, for an overwhelming number of us, it won't matter what the medical profession do. They can give pain relief and all that, but they can't cure us. She laughs gently. It's such an irony. A well-meaning doctor will always be devastated. He will always fail. I absorb the excited murmur in the room as we process this radical idea. Someone in a red jumper speaks up. But I need a doctor to help me change things wrong with me, don't I? A doctor may help you with your impairment, your medical condition, Anne says, nodding. But the power is very limited and they only address the specifics with you. If we could rearrange the world, not only have stairs but ramps as well, take out barriers for us all, it would transform the lives of many disabled people. A young woman with crazy ringleted black hair bursts into the conversation. And then it's not about us, it's what about is wrong with them, with society. She has a humorous tombra in her Liverpudlian accent. I smile at her and she smiles back. That's right, Liz, Anne agrees. It takes the emphasis away from us and puts it where it should be. Not what's wrong with us, what's wrong for us. We're going to break for lunch now, but this afternoon I want to look at other models. There's charity and religious before we finish off understanding more of the social model. Anne smiles broadly, and that is why you're here for this weekend. As we break up for food, I make a fast exit to find Liz, as I know we have mutual friends. Hey, she says, humour dancing in her dark eyes. Your sexuality booklet... I didn't think I could have sex till I read that. And you're Liz Carr, I say, happy to have been of assistance. She laughs, and we spend the rest of our first meeting laughing a lot more. liked the music on this episode of Penny Thoughts yes it is yours truly singing uh, a song I wrote many years ago about 1989 perhaps 
and it's called Don't Tie Yourself. I thought it was fitting for International Women's Day. It still has lyrics that are quite resonant and I do mention a little bit of disability in there, way back when the language was different. Someone compared the sound to the slips. Bits of it sounded like the slips the other day, which is a great honour. This is not available anywhere. It didn't make the Spiral Sky album, but it is one of my personal favourites and it's a track that a lot of people have said oh Penny Pepper the hit that never was but we continue and we may eventually get that CD out and it will be on there thank you for the lovely comments and I may even do some live singing uh, on the pod at some point but let me know what you think if you liked it and what else you would like me to feature It's time to go again, so thank you very much for listening and do remember to get in touch. You can do this through my website, through Twitter, where I'm going to get it right this time, I'm at PenPep and I'm also on Instagram at Miss Penny Pepper and I have a Facebook page which is another way of finding me. I'm just Penny Pepper Writer And that's my public page, so you can find me. Do follow me, I appreciate it very much. And do share the love, share the love. I hope to be doing podcast four um, in a month's time. And if you'd like to feature, please let me know. But for now, keep well, keep safe and try to be kind and keep happy together. Bye for now, everybody. Bye, my lovelies.